This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. It may not have occurred to you, but today is the first day of the rest of your life. Let me repeat that. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. The rest of your life could well be determined what you do today. In fact, the word today appears 1,624 times in the Bible. 1,624 times. Repeated. Today. And the future is today. Today, we're going to talk about how to live by faith in a frightful world. We need some encouragement. We need some strength. We need some hope. We need some direction. And one of the principal uh, pillars of this program has always been discipling for destiny. Even when we're dealing with other issues, we always use them as a way, a parable, a story, a metaphor, a way to disciple and strengthen our lives in the Lord. We need that. Have you ever grown tired? Do you find yourself growing tired of the news? My wife can barely stand it anymore. She just says, Chuck, I tell you, uh, I, I just need to be lifted up. I, I, I need to be encouraged. I, I, I just can't listen to this drivel anymore. Well, perhaps you feel the same way. Have you noticed that on this program, Viewpoint, we seldom deal with an issue that we don't find a place for us to be responsive and responsible for and to? We don't deal with a lot of issues that you and I can't do anything about. There's a reason for that. Why should we spend our time as Christians dealing with things that you and I can't do anything about? What we need to do is respond to those things that we can do something about. Otherwise, things are pretty hopeless, and we feel very helpless. But God doesn't want you to be helpless or hopeless. In fact, his whole purpose in his word is to provide hope. And it's a hope that doesn't make us ashamed. So today on Viewpoint, we want to provide some hope. But in order to provide the kind of hope that really matters, it has to be the kind of hope that is rooted in reality today. Not tomorrow, but today. Now let's suppose at the beginning of the year you entered into some kind of a New Year's resolution or a series of them, and you haven't yet begun to implement it. You're already on the road to failure because Today was tomorrow, yesterday. You see, today is the day. It's always the day, and from God's viewpoint, today is the only day. Did you know that God lives in the eternal now? That's right. There is no such thing as past and future for God. It's the eternal now. Time is only relative to us as human beings. God created things in such a way through the moon and the sun and so on, the seasons, in order that we might be able as human beings with finite minds and understanding 
to deal with the situation that God in his infinity, uh, infinity and infinite nature sees only as an eternal now. So when the Bible says a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, a thousand years is a day, uh, it's a way of saying God lives in the eternal now. You and I may think a thousand years is a very, very long time, because relative to our own lives, it is a long time. But comparatively speaking, it's not, from God's viewpoint. But he has defined our life, your life, in such a way that we're allotted somewhere in the range of three score and ten, that's 70 years, or by reason of strength, 80 years. And now with uh, improved medicine and uh, other kinds of things other than the so-called vaccines, which are actually, today we're hearing, are actually killing more people than the virus. We're not going to argue that point, but that's the latest news that the vaccines actually are killing more people than the virus. But that having been said, we want to put our trust in someone and his viewpoint. If we put our trust in the one, that is God, who lives in the eternal now, you and I may just be able to live more victoriously, more successfully, more peacefully, more hopefully, more joyfully today, tomorrow, and for the rest of our lives. But remember, today is tomorrow. Today was tomorrow yesterday, and today is the first day of the rest of your life, and tomorrow will be the first day of the rest of your life from tomorrow. So today is always the day of salvation. Today is always the day to hear God's voice. Today is always the day to walk with the Lord in the light of his word. So that what a glory he will shed on our on our way. When we do his good will today, he will abide with us still today and with all who will trust and obey him today. So we trust and obey today, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey today. Now, that may seem a little strange, and it may seem quite redundant, but when a point needs to be made, God often repeats himself seemingly almost ad nauseum. For instance, in the first book of the Bible, the first chapter of the Bible, and God said, 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 what is it, about seven or eight, nine times It says, and God said. Why is God repeating himself like that? Because he wants us to know and be convinced that when he speaks, things happen, and he means what he says, and he says what he means. So he says, today, if you will hear my voice, don't harden your heart. Apparently, he means that because he said it. And today is our hope. Today is our the day of salvation, not tomorrow. You don't put off to, t- to tomorrow what you can do today, because the Christian life is not a manana experience. Now, all that having been said lays a foundation. Remember, the future is today. Your future is today. 
This is how we're going to live by faith in a frightful world today and tomorrow and the next day after that, because each one is a succession today's in our life. Now, I hope you'll stay tuned because there is so much that we're going to apply here today that is going to be helpful to you to catch a vision, to be encouraged, to be strengthened, to be given hope amid all of the noise and the confusion, the chaos and the bad news that's coming across our paths. I hope you'll stay tuned, friends. Again, this is Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny. And your your viewpoint concerning whether or not what you're going to do today and how you're going to orient your life today actually, believe it or not, is determining destiny. So what is that destiny? We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. What a joy, a delight it is to join with you here today on Viewpoint as we're launching into a new year, 2022, and uh, expecting that God is going to work according to his will, for we know, we're confident, as Paul said, that he is working in and through us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to walk and live and make choices in such a way that they incur God's favor. We may say that grace is unmerited favor, but the reality is, yes, grace is unmerited favor because we never can be good enough to earn it. On the other hand, God's mercy is extended only to those that fear him, the Bible says, and his grace, his unmerited favor, is extended the more so to those who set their course, their their uh, dreams, their hopes, their destination, their determination today to hear his voice and to do his will. By the way, that's how Jesus lived. He said, my meat or my my food is to do the will of him that sent me. And so he lived every day to listen to the voice of the Father and to do his will. Is that what you're doing? That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to emulate the way Jesus lived. To follow him and his ways. So let's talk about this matter of today. Remember, God lives in the eternal now. And uh, today is the first day of the rest of our life. So we're looking at our future that is being defined today. When I use the word today, we're not talking about today in the sense of, well, maybe the next week, the next month, the next year. No, we're talking about today, this day. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, right? 
You can't be rejoicing in the Lord tomorrow because you're not living in tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow may bring. Jesus warned about that. He said, don't don't be concerned about tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring forth. Don't even brag about what you're going to do tomorrow because you don't know. So today, this is what we want to talk about. To, we want to encourage ourselves in the Lord today. Now let's talk about faith for a moment. Remember, we're living by faith in a frightful world. We don't even have to lay a further foundation to discover and confirm that we're living in a frightful world. But that's exactly the world in which we're to live by faith. That is the exact world, the frightening aspects of the world today, is the context in which you and I are to live by faith today. Not tomorrow and not yesterday, because yesterday is already gone. As the song says, yesterday's gone, dear Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Help me, O Lord, to live one day at a time. Teach me to live one day at a time. So let's talk about faith. We know that uh, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We know about that. First John tells us that. There was even a wonderful gospel song, Faith is the Victory. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. But what is it? What is faith? Even the word faith has been demeaned and uh, maligned and misconstrued uh, for the past 40, 50 years so that it has almost no meaning anymore. So what really, if we were to distill the meaning of the word faith, which is how we're to live, the just shall live by faith, remember, And I'm presuming that you, listening to this program, are seriously walking with the Lord, wanting to walk with the Lord in just, justly and in mercy and in truth. All right. So what is faith? Faith is taking God at his word. Very simply. Faith is taking God at his word. The reality is also that believing is taking God at his word. It's another aspect or facet of what it means to walk in faith. So there are some some different facets that we get confused with and seem to use them as if they're the same thing. They're not quite the same thing, but they express different ideas, different aspects of the same thing. So we have faith, and we have belief. And there's another one. And it's skipping my mind at the moment. And we'll get back to it. (laughs) But it's so important. Faith, belief is taking God at his word. And that can only happen, friends, one day at a time. One day at a time. We're told to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. What does that mean? It means you're going to live by faith. It also implies that you're going to obey his voice. Because if you don't obey his voice, you don't really believe. And you're certainly not walking in faith. So obedience 
even though it's the most hated word of the church today, tantamount to a four-letter word, which it is, it's depriving us of truly living a victorious Christian life. You can't earn your salvation. That's true. But you better coordinate your word, your will, your ways to God's word, will, and ways, or one has to question whether you really believe, whether you're really a person of genuine Christian faith. So one day at a time is required for us to live by faith and for us to believe. Some people believe today, and tomorrow they don't believe so much. And after enough tomorrows of not believing so much, they gradually don't believe at all. It's called apostasy. Now, on the one hand, we need to keep this in balance. We need to have a view for the future, that is, a vision for the future. We want to keep our eyes on the horizon, so to speak, in one sense. But we want to live today. We don't want to keep our eyes on the horizon. We want to, don't, we want to expect the coming of the Lord, but we want to prepare today for his coming. And that's what a lot of people are not thinking about. They're thinking about the coming of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord. But they're not living for him today. But they're expecting he's going to receive them with open arms tomorrow. Doesn't work that way. This is about a relationship. If there are too many todays that you, Mr. Husband, don't greet and hug and express love and affection for your wife and do what a husband does and should do, there's going to come a period of time when she is her trust in you is going to wane. Her belief in you, her confidence in you, that you are what you say you are is going to wane. Right? So today is the first day for the rest of your victorious marriage. Today. It's not something that you're going to establish a program in starting next week or next month. It has to begin today. Because if it doesn't begin today, your mind and your heart aren't there. And if your mind and your heart aren't there, you're not living victoriously you're going to be succumbing to a frightful world. In fact, you're going to be part of the frightful world. Just like the announcement that came this week from a prolific Christian writer who's been writing about faith and family and so on, very red, announced after 29 years of marriage, divorced. All right. Do you know what Jesus said about worry? How many people are worrying, fretting, taking care, so to speak, undue care for the, for the day and the moment and the hour? Jesus said, take no thought saying. 
What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? Why was that? He just says, your, he says, your heavenly father knows what you have need of. So you don't have to fret about it. But you do need to trust him today. Some people are more prone to fretting and worrying than others. Some people have said that worry is a mild form of atheism. Why is that? Because it reveals that we don't really trust God. We trust ourselves. We trust everything else but God. We're being tested. You're being tested. I'm being tested. All of us are being tested. The greater the frightfulness of our world, the greater the threats against our common life and expectations. And here we say, the way we have always thought about things or that they should be. The greater those threats continue, the more we are prone or tested in the area of fretting and worrying. Worrying does not please God. Fretting is what kept the children of Israel out of the land of promise. They murmured, they complained, and they didn't get in. God said, I I can't let you into my promised land. Only two out of 600,000 men who God delivered out of Egypt with a mighty hand, only two of them were allowed into the promised land. Do you think that was fair? Do you think that was just? They murmured. They complained. God performed miracles. He uh, met their needs. He did all kinds of things, amazing things for them. But they couldn't stand. They couldn't hang in there today. They just didn't get it. Their trust quotient was not there. And that's the third word. Faith, belief, and trust. Those are the three words of the Trinity of what it means to truly follow the Lord. Faith, belief, and trust. And they're linked together by obedience. And that's how they stand. Without obedience, faith, belief, and trust are just theories. They're a pretense. But with obedience, it links them together and gives them reality today. Now, think about the past now for a moment. Some people are just terrified and tyrannized by the past. Now, I don't know what happened to you and with you last year or two years ago or five years ago. It could have been wonderful, and it could have been horrible. I don't know. The Apostle Paul had so many experiences that were horrible. He was beaten. He was stoned, left for dead over and over again, had shipwrecks, all these kinds of things. And here's what he said. Forgetting those things that are behind, in other words, from yesterday, 
and reaching forth unto those things that are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When? Today. Not just tomorrow, because tomorrow was today yesterday, and today was tomorrow yesterday. You see, we need to understand the relationship of time. God wants us to trust him in the moment, every single moment, every single day. So Jesus says, don't take any thought saying. Now, if the thought passes through your mind, don't say it. Don't delve it into, drive it into your mind, the membranes of your mind and heart, by talking about it because it becomes murmuring and complaining, which is going into your spirit again and making you less and less of a truster, of a believer, and of one who is living by faith. Oh, we've just begun. Stay tuned. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived, Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Living by faith in a frightful world. Today is the first day of the rest of your life and mine. For five years, when I was going to law school, I was a coach uh, in a public school, and I loved it. Uh, I got into it at a big time, actually uh, developed some uh, additional sports programs and so on in the school district in which I worked. And coaching has always been, shall we say, a part of my life. Even though I'm not involved, I don't spend any time at all out there watching sports. I'm a participant. A participant. I live today. Life is today. It's not a viewing sport. It's something to live. One party who has grown up uh, in our ministry calls me Coach Chris Meyer. Why? Because she understands how I approach the Word of God and am seeking to apply it in such a way that it drives the message home so that people can be doers of the Word and not hearers only and can be victorious in their life. I want you to think for just a moment, this very week, a young man walked off a playing field, a football field, in a grand display of disdain for the team. 
took his shirt off and flouted around in public and just a day or so ago was actually severed from the team officially. But he severed himself. How did he do that? Because that day when he did that, he disrespected not only the coach, he disrespected the team and refused that day to humble himself and walk in a coordinated effort so that the team could be victorious because it was all about him. You can't have somebody like that on the team. That's why God refused to allow 599,998 men who came out of Egypt into the Promised Land because they acted just like that young man that was that uh, flaunted himself on the football field this week. It was all about them. Murmuring, complaining, I'm going to do my own thing, I'm going to do it my own way. And friends, you cannot, I don't care how great a Christian you think you are. I don't care how much talent you think you have. I don't care how much you think you know about the Word of God. If you don't live in obedience to it, and in humble submission to the word, the will, and the ways of the Father, you ain't getting in. God can't tolerate it in his presence, because without holiness, no man will see the Lord. And holiness begins today. For years, people have sung that song, holiness, holiness is what I long for. Not so much, friends. If holiness were what the people that are singing it long for, they would live holy lives today. Right? But they don't. Yes, we hold this treasure in earthen vessels, and none of us is perfect. We know that. But my goodness, when we realize that today we didn't quite get it together, and we fell off the wagon in some way, oh, my goodness, we're going to actually fall on our face before the Lord in humility and say, Lord, God, please forgive me. I missed it today on this particular issue, but with your help, your mercy, your grace, I am going to make it tomorrow. But today is the day that I am dedicating myself to follow you with a whole heart. You gotta forget those things that are behind, friends. They'll weigh you down. So that you can press forward to the things that are before. And the day to press forward is today. Because you don't know you're gonna to get tomorrow. Do you? None of us knows we're gonna to get tomorrow. We don't know what kind of cataclysm can come upon us. So. Here's something I want to remind you of. Do not presume upon the future. Do not presume upon the future. That's not faith. That's foolishness. Faith is acting on the word of God every day. not presuming what it's going to be tomorrow or next week or next year or next 10 years. 
For those things we trust God, knowing, confident that he's working in and through us, both to will or to do of his good pleasure in our own lives. Not in somebody else's life, in our life. God doesn't have the same purpose for you that he has for me or for anybody else, even in the same family. There's a reason why you are on the planet. Who knows but what you're called to the kingdom for such a time as this, and that begins today. When Queen Esther had to make her choices, she had to make them that day. She didn't have months to deal with her the situation because her people were going to be destroyed. She had to act today. It's interesting because when we look at this pattern from God, we find throughout the Old Testament that he sent prophets. He sent prophets to the people, to the children of Israel, over and over again. And here's how the Bible speaks of that. It says, he sent them early. They rose up early and did what God said. They didn't wait around. They didn't wait around for 10 weeks and pray about it. God spoke, and they acted. Today. When God spoke to Abraham to pick up his son, Isaac, the son of promise, and to take him to the place where he would show him, Mount Moriah, The Bible says that the very next morning he got up and took him. He didn't wait. 24 hours, gone. Are you that responsive to the word, the will, and the ways of the Lord? I'm going to tell you something. We need to have that kind of ear to hear the Lord today, if ever there was a time we needed to hear it. We need to tune our ears to hear his voice. Because oftentimes he speaks with a still, small voice. He doesn't want to scream at us. He wants us to be listening. Don't presume upon upon the future. Do what God asks you to today, rising early. We used to sing a song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You see, how you set your view today will determine what you see. If you're seeking things of the earth, that's what you're going to get. Your mind, your heart are going to be focused on those things. And if you're watching and just looking at those things that are terrifying, those things that are frightful, then that's what you're going to get. That's why on this program, somebody might say, well, then why have you dealt so much with the COVID issue and vaccines? Would you like to know why? Because I care about you, and God cares about you, and he doesn't want you to be caught up in the deception that is taking place every single day 
coming from your government, coming from Dr. Fauci, coming from the CDC, coming from doctors that are marching to the drumbeat of those who are deceiving you, thinking that something's fine and okay, when in fact you are being lied to every single day concerning the facts, the statistics, and what is happening with regard to those so-called vaccines. You're being deceived. And when the announcement comes out that at least 400,000 people have died in the United States from the vaccine, not from COVID, from the vaccine alone. Should that not get your attention? As Christians wanting to protect your children, your grandchildren, your husband, your wife, it doesn't mean that there aren't people that are sick and, and dying from COVID. That's not the point. People are sick and dying from lots of things. But they're not being used to motivate you to su- submit yourself to absolute government tyrannical control. The bottom line of all this thing is about faith and trust and belief. And Christians have become terrorized through fear instituted intentionally by those who have ulterior motives. Enough said on that. Now, in 2002, I wrote a book called Renewing the Soul of America, One Person at a Time, Beginning with You. It's a very unusual book. That's why uh, 38 national Christian leaders endorsed it, because they saw in this book something very different, a very different way or viewpoint of looking at our country, of looking at what it would take for there to be a renewing of our souls, a revival of our hearts, And I want to share a few of those things with you when we get back because it has everything to do about what you and I can do today. Today is the answer to tomorrow with our country. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. In this segment, as we continue to talk about living by faith in a frightful world, Today, realizing that the future is today, 
The question then is, what can I do? What should I do? And how can I make a difference? In my book, Renewing the Soul of America, One Person at a Time, I'm just looking at the table of contents right now. The table of contents should be massively encouraged, encouraging to any true person who cares about their country and who cares about their life as a Christian to make a difference. For instance, remembering our foundations. The psalmist said, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, that's the question. If the foundations be destroyed in your family, in your congregation, in your neighborhood, in your heart, in your life, or even if they're just being, they're crumbling a little bit, what can you do? Rebuild the foundations, friends. And that's why one of the fundamental themes of this of this ministry, Save America Ministries, is rebuilding the foundations of faith and freedom. As a voice to the church, declaring vision for the nation in America's greatest crisis hour here on the near edge of the second coming. That's what we do. And we do it one day at a time now, 26 and a half years of long obedience in the faith same direction to encourage and equip and strengthen and woo and warn God's people to prepare them every single day if they will listen. That's our problem. We have a listening problem. We need spiritual hearing aids, apparently. All right, so rebuild the foundations of faith and freedom in your own family, your own life. How about uh, a matter of principle? That's a chapter. Well, are you a person of principle? Don't answer too quickly. Most Christians are not. Most Christians are pragmatists. They don't live by principle. They live by pragmatism. That's one of the blights upon the church. It's been one of the blights upon all of our churches, particularly since the church growth movement began in the 1970s. We become people of pragmatism. Whatever works, whatever we think will work, rather than people of principle. Next. Next chapter, nothing but the truth. Really? Are you a person of truth? Don't answer too quickly. Because as Patterson and Kim, two advertising agents for the J. Walter Thompson Advertising Agency, found in the 1990 when they wrote the book, The Day America Told the Truth, 94% of Americans lie regularly, conscious premeditated lies. Or like Newsweek magazine on its front cover, a man with sunglasses on. On one lens it said lying. On the other lens it said everybody's doing it. Honest. (laughs) Look, are we lovers of truth? You can't be a lover of truth tomorrow. You have to start today. Because today is the day of hope and salvation. The lamp of virtue. Virtue has almost become a four-letter word anymore. And yet our founders said that without virtue, if we would no longer be a virtuous people, you can forget about freedom. Well, do you see freedom waning, being assaulted today? You know why? Because we are not a people of virtue. But how about in your family? How about in your life? Are you truly a virtuous person? 
from God's viewpoint? When is that going to change? When are you going to become a virtuous person? It has to start today. You see, the problem with us is we set all the wrong New Year's resolutions. Almost all New Year's resolutions are based upon the things of this world. They're not based upon the things that God values. But it reveals the things that we value that are different from what God values. Another chapter, Our Secret Honor. Are we living in a way that's honorable before God and man? In the book of Samuel, God says, I will honor them that honor me. So are you and I in a place where God can honor us? The Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance, with the first fruit of your increase. Are you doing that? Or are you making excuses? You may be disqualifying yourself from the the blessings of God's kingdom by refusing to honor him with your substance because it isn't yours anyway. You're just a trustee, remember? Semper Fi means always faithful. Are you always faithful? How about your marriage? How about that which you're watching? Men, if you're watching porn, you're not faithful. Ladies, if you're if you're engaged in female porn, even in romance romance novels that are uh, provocatively unchristian, you are not faithful. I'm sorry, you're just not faithful. You're kidding yourself. Take courage. Oh, if we're ever going to live victorious in this life, we've got to be courageous, don't we? But courage doesn't start tomorrow, it starts today. Compassion that counts, it starts today. We don't suddenly become compassionate tomorrow. Compassionate issues from the heart. Integrity, the integrity gap. How about integrity? Are you a person of integrity? The psalmist said, judge me according to my integrity. Whoa. Are you beginning to get the message? And there's so much more in this book, Renewing the Soul of America. Maybe you can see now why 38 national Christian leaders endorsed it. It's a $18 book, and it's yours, a $17 book, and it's yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You want to be encouraged? Oh, it's full of historical quotes and so on, but really, it's a book about you and me. What you and I can do starting today, and then building upon each day thereafter, Renewing the soul of America, one person at a time, beginning with, not them, beginning with you. $15, we'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. All right, I want to wrap up here with you. You know, of course, that Jesus said that uh, 
if you really want to get in line with his plan and his purposes and his promises, that today you have to first seek first his kingdom. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not just the kingdom, but his righteousness. And then all the other things will be added unto you. Do you believe that? I'm not talking about in theory. Are you willing to hang your life on it today and then with every day thereafter? That will determine whether you live by faith and truly believe the word and trust God. If you're not willing to do that, you don't have faith, you're not, you don't really believe, and you don't trust God. It's simple. It's about relationship, friends. It's not about some theological uh, concepts out there. God's not interested in theological concepts. He's interested in living reality. And so we're talking about victorious living. In the 1970s, a pastor in Southern California, I happened to be in that particular congregation along with Dr. James Dobson and a number of others, uh, passing a Nazarene church. The pastor's name was uh, Early, and he wrote a little book called Victorious Living. Actually, it's called The Cycle of Victorious Living. And it's based upon Psalm 37. I want to conclude today with a very succinct expression from Psalm 37 that I believe if you will seriously adopt that day by day and with each passing moment, you will find strength to find your tri- uh, meet your trials here, as the song says. You will be able to have a living faith in a frightful world. And here it is. The first thing, commit your way unto the Lord. That's not just a general thing. That's a thing to do today. We have to commit our way unto the Lord every single day, sometimes many times a day, right? Our minds are kind of fickle. We have feelings that lead us off the track, don't we? Get us in trouble. Commit your way unto the Lord. The next thing is trust also in him. And he will direct your path. Trust also in him. It's not just enough to say you commit your way. Now you've got to trust. And that means you have to put feet to your faith. In other words, you have to act according to what God has said both in his word and when he prompts you by his Holy Spirit. Next, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You know what most people are trying to do? They're trying to grab the desires of their heart without delighting in the Lord. And what they end up with is destruction, and they don't realize it. They end up on the road to destruction because they try to do an end run around God's expectations for the life that he calls us to. And then after we've delighted ourselves in the Lord, we rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. 
That's a tough thing, isn't it? Patience is a tough thing for all of us. And that's why in the 70s they had the bumper sticker, the hurrier I go, the behinder I get. (laughs) Patience is a very hard thing. Doctors are supposed to have patience, but the patients sometimes aren't very patient. Neither are the doctors very patient with the patients. (laughs) But God is patient. He's long-suffering But his long, long suffering and patience doesn't extend forever. He said, my spirit will not always strive with man. There comes a point in time when he says, enough is enough. He said that to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. He's saying it over and over again through his word. And we need to understand that. Because the future is defined by today. The future is today. So today, if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day we walk with the Lord. You can't walk with the Lord tomorrow because by the time you get there, it's today. So today is the day to walk with the Lord in the light of his word. And when we do, what a glory he will shed on your way. When you do his good will, He will abide with you still and with everyone who will trust and obey. Isn't that beautiful? It's so simple. And yet so difficult because we live in a world that is not a friend to grace. Don't we? Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. I hope that this has been helpful. Yes, you probably heard me sound like a coach to his team, not messing around, because God wants you to be victorious, and so do I. I'm speaking on his his behalf to encourage and strengthen and guide us for this year to come. Get a copy of the book, Renewing the Soul of America. $15, we'll put it in your hands on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries. Become a partner, friends. Please don't wait on the other guy to do it. We have so many opportunities. Did you know we just received a report that people in 113 countries last month listened to this program? You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.